Hey, you're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 10. So I made this crazy commitment that I was going to record a podcast episode every single day for a year. And now I'm like, why did I make this commitment? (laughs) Except that I have a mentor that told me that if you want to make an impact, you need to commit to sharing what you love every day for a year and it will move you faster than you ever could by doing it once a week or, you know, once a month. And it makes sense. So I'm going to just trust the process, trust my mentor, and here I am. So today I want to talk to you about the three habits of six-figure event planners. And I think it's so interesting because event planner event planners are kind of a dime a dozen. Like anybody can be an event planner. Really. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to have any credentials. Really. You just have to be good, good enough for somebody to want to pay you for that. Right now there are obviously skills that are better learned in school. And if you take courses, it will help you progress much further. You'll become more professional, more proficient, of course, but you don't have to have those things. And so if you are like me, where you have a an education, but it wasn't in event planning, but you're insanely passionate about event planning and you can't stop sleeping, drinking, eating events. Like that's my life. I love events. And I have so much appreciation when I go to an event that's, that's put together really, very well. It just makes me incredibly happy. So the first habit that we're going to cover here is about putting yourself out there. And I think a lot of times We live in a world where we can get instant gratification. I mean, from everything as simple as like microwaving something and having a hot meal ready in two minutes um, to, you know, clicking things on the internet and having them pop up instantaneously, having groceries (laughs) delivered. Like it's, we live in this time where it's, everything's very quick. And I feel like being an entrepreneur and building a business is not one of those things. You can, um, you know, maybe get lucky and have some success here or there. But the people that are in it for the long haul are very strategic about their business and their plan. And I think a lot of that is putting yourself out there and just being willing to ask, right? Ask for opportunities. And so if you're willing to ask for opportunities, there is a caveat that comes along with that. And that is you are going to get a lot of rejection. And to be honest, as a people pleaser, rejection is very difficult for me. I have to mentally remind myself whenever I get a rejection or not this time or we're, we don't have money in our budget or whatever, whenever I get one of those emails back, I always have to remind myself that this isn't no, not ever, just not now. And there's some amazing experiences where I've wanted to work with a sponsor. I pitched them an idea and they said, we're so sorry, you know, it just isn't in our budget right now. And then, you know, they said in the the bottom of the email, but if you want to follow up in, you know, a few months or next year, we'd love to consider something then. And so I did reach out and they ended up doing a deal and it ended up being really lucrative, right? So that was a obviously very nice letdown where it's like, just not now. Um, But there are times where people have said no to me. And as I've grown and, and gotten better with my event planning abilities and growing my following and my blog where they said, I think we're ready now. And you know, it was, it was a good fit. So make sure that if you are wanting to do this as more than a hobby, if you're really wanting to make six figures, you have to be okay with pitching yourself and asking for work. That's, that's one of the things about being an entrepreneur, right? Is you have to build up that clientele and it does take some time and it takes you being, good at what you do and honest and easy to work with and 
giving people what they want, even if you don't know how to do it, you know, figuring out who can help you or who can complete that piece of the puzzle so that you can get your job done. Sometimes that's another way we sabotage ourselves is we say, well, I don't, I don't know how to do, you know, lights and video and stuff like that. And they're asking me to do that. Well, you don't have to do that. You just have to be kind of like a contractor. That's a really good way to think about an event planner. So have you ever built a house? We built our house that we live in and, um, it was really interesting because you do everything through the contractor, but the contractor doesn't actually do any of the work on your house. They just know the people who are the best at their job. And so they go through their Rolodex and then they ask those, you know, electricians and carpenters and granite people to come in and do those particular jobs. And then they take a little cut off the top for coordinating it all and overseeing it. That's exactly what an event planner does. So don't ever be afraid of not knowing how to do something. Um, and don't ever feel like, well, I'm not really qualified. I can't remember where I saw the statistic. I'm going to have to find it and put it in the show notes. But I believe that more often, and there's an actual percentage, more often men will apply for jobs that they are not qualified um, and get them. And women like don't even apply. There's like some statistic that men over apply and they're not qualified and women won't apply if they don't feel like they're qualified. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've totally done that. So it's one of those things that if you trust your vendors and sponsors and people that you work with and you can get a recommendation and you can do your research and make sure that they are, you know, legitimate and that they can follow through, you can always just pull out your little black book, create your own event planner Rolodex and start becoming a connector who can make these big things happen. So the next thing I want to talk about is six-figure event planners make good income decisions by creating multiple income streams. So yes, they're very organized and they're, you know, trying to be as efficient as possible with how they spend their money because events, it is so incredibly easy to rack up double or triple what you wanted to spend on the event by not paying attention closely. So that's one part of it. The other part is as an event planner, everybody knows event planners can get paid either percentage of the job or hourly or some sort of combination of both. But there are other ways to monetize that are very effective. And some of the ways that I've done it are through affiliate links. So whenever I use something that can be purchased on Amazon, for example, or Target or Walmart, um, you can actually register to become an affiliate with those companies. And what that means is if you link it to your blog posts or your podcast or your YouTube videos, anytime that somebody clicks on your link and purchases that item, you earn a commission. So imagine like hundreds of posts over the years that you accrue on Pinterest earning you commission, right? There are people that make five or more figures a year just in affiliate links. It's a really great way to add value to the people that are already coming and asking for what you're doing or where did you find that. Sometimes, you know, we avoid things like that because we feel so salesy. But I find that it's actually very helpful if I just have the links and it's not like I'm, you know, forcing people to buy or adding pop-ups like don't forget to buy this it's not like that at all it's just like haven't you ever been on instagram and you saw something cute you're like oh where did you find that like we all want to go to the link and write that instant gratification buy it so it's a really great way to to earn money so another way is sponsored content like i mentioned earlier where you can actually work with a brand directly you write them a proposal you come up with an idea and then you execute and usually shoot and photograph maybe video all of the work and then you give them some credit and some tags, and then they pay you. 
There's also hosting your own events where that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Actually, I have um, a women's only dance party. It's an 80s party. I sell tickets and people come and I coordinate all of the logistics and the whole experience. And I really, really enjoy it. So hosting your own events or conferences is another way that you can monetize. Or my favorite is combining a combination of sponsored Um, having sponsors come as well as charging tickets. I feel like that is my sweet spot of, you know, I've got this group of 250 women and you're a business that's looking for local customers. Like maybe we can make a deal and I can get you access to some new faces because customer acquisition costs are very high. So being able to capture these women in a happy environment, you know, is that valuable to you? And usually it is because I, I partner with salons or, um, you know, companies that offer products that women would want to buy. And so it works out really well for everyone involved. Um, I will say that when I host my own events and I have sponsors there, I try to make sure they are not um, just trying to sell something. I don't think that translates very well for the customer experience. Um, And people usually can tell when they're just being sold and it's very forceful. They just want to have a good experience and try something that they might not have tried otherwise. Okay, so then the third thing I want to cover is actually my favorite part, Um, and this has to do with efficiency, and one of the biggest secrets that six-figure event planners do is they use templates and systems to make their processes easier. So what I mean by that is instead of going and writing an email every single time, you have a template that is the basic information that you can just tweak a little bit and then send out, so instead of spending an hour to craft this, you know, really smart copy and how to, how should I write this and who am I speaking to and what do I need to, you know, include. You have all of your templates saved where you can just plug them in. And this is something that you can do for your business as you go. Like as you are creating proposals, as you are creating surveys, as you're creating emails or reminders or, you know, connecting with um, volunteers or anybody on your list, you just save those And then you're able to use it again and again and again. And generally speaking, event planners will kind of niche on something that they really like. I, for example, really like dance parties. It just is one of the things that makes me incredibly happy. And so I I don't ever see me not doing them. Um, But again, the templates help so much from everything from like how I write the copy for the sales page of the tickets to what the first email says once they buy a ticket all the way to you know reminder text for my photographers and videographers and and everybody from the front to the back and in between right just creating a streamlined process so that I don't need to spend time working on something that could be done more efficiently and effectively. And I also feel like templates and checklists and things like that help your volunteers and your other participants that have to make this event come together. I mean, you guys know that no one is single-handedly putting an event together. And and you can, I guess, for like a children's birthday party, you can make the cake and you can, you know, make the food in advance and have like five or 10 kids. And you can pretty much single-handedly do that. I will, I will give you that. But if you're planning a big scale event for a client, um, it would be foolish to think that you should be responsible for personally doing and making every single piece of that, right? Like if you're making all the food and the desserts and you're doing favors and you're decorating and you're doing all this, like you're doing the jobs of five different people, you know? So you're either not charging enough for your services 
or you're really overexerting yourself, which is why I think a lot of people say that events are exhausting, is if you don't have those systems, if you don't have those templates, of course, yes, of course they're exhausting. Like that would be really hard. Um, and you know, I mean, sometimes it's one of those things that as you do it more, you get more and more comfortable. And even if you're at a point where events are exhausting for you, but you still love them, I think you can work through that and learn how to create systems that will make you more efficient. But templates are a huge, huge, huge help for that. And I just can't stress enough how like having something laid out, drawn out, like I even map out my venue where I want this table and what the linen will look like and where the flower arrangements will go and all of that so that when people help me, I don't have to go back through and correct. Um, I have a, it's not from an event, but my husband and I were working on a project for our home. It was a sponsored post and I wanted him to put up one of those pallet walls and I wanted it laid out in a certain way. And, um, he said he was going to get to it, get to it, get to it. And I kind of explained it, you know, here's what I want. And I want them to be this, this far apart. And I want to look like this. He's like, great, great. I'll do it. So then I, um, I think we planned to do it on the weekend and I ended up going out to the grocery store and running errands. I was gone for half the day. I came back and he's like, I have a surprise for you. And I was like, Oh, what is it? And he's like, I did the wall. I, w- I went down and finished that pallet wall you wanted. And I went downstairs. I was so excited. And I opened the door and I was like, <gasps> no. And what happened was he made the pallet wall, but he didn't frame the outside. And so they were just, it kind of looked like a hashtag. I don't even know if I'm explaining what it is, right? It's like a wall that has the boxes. I think I'm totally butchering what this is called. Uh, A grid wall? I have no idea. Anyway, but what I wanted was for the whole outer wall to be framed in with a piece of four-inch, you know, trim. And then we would make the boxes inside of that. So instead, it looked kind of like a hashtag where the wood went straight into the wall and there was no frame. And then he measured it perfectly. So it wasn't like we couldn't just put a frame around it because then all the outer squares would be a little too small. And I was like, no, I'm so sorry. Like if we would have just had a conversation and would have been able to draw it out visually, that wouldn't have happened, right? And so I always love sharing that story because it reminds me to be very clear before I make a decision or before I ask somebody for help and then end up having to have them rip it out and me fill in hundreds of nail holes. (laughs) anyway well I hope that this was helpful for you I would absolutely love if you wanted to give me some feedback feel free to leave me a review or if you have a question or topic that you'd like me to cover please please reach out to me Um, it would be my honor and pleasure to help you in your journey I know that when you're getting started sometimes it's hard and sometimes you feel alone especially as an entrepreneur I know all about that so if you ever need help or if you are looking for a community I do have the Party Planner Community Facebook group. You can find it in the link in the show notes. And I'd love to see you there. But until next time, have a good day.